everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. We are in the series that we called At the Beach, and it's just about the idea of what Jesus taught some things when he was on the shore. Many times he was on the Sea of Galilee, and that's a lot of interesting things took place there. And so he taught some amazing things at the beach. So we're just, that's what we're talking about these next few weeks is just what, what can we learn? What, what, what can we apply to our lives? Really, that's, it's not about being a hearer of the word. It's about being a doer of the word. So what, what can we apply to our lives uh, when it comes to being at the beach? So maybe you've had memorable times at the beach. Some of you had had maybe some things that you want to forget, that experience, particular experience at the beach. Last summer, my family and I went to Hilton Head, just heard about how beautiful the beaches were uh, there at, at Hilton Head. And so we went to the beach because that's what you should do when you're there. And so we loaded up our cart full of you could anything you can think of boogie boards and snorkels and and masks and all the things that you can think of that you know towels and everything that we could snacks right because we had a little bit of a walk uh, to to the beach and we wanted to make sure that we had all of our supplies necessary uh, to to uh, to spend some time there and so we get down there we find our spot right remember if you were here a couple weeks ago it's finding your spot is is important so we found you know our our spot when we were there. And so um, after a while of being there, we were kind of swimming in the ocean, you know, and having a good time. And uh, I remember my kids were on a raft and I was just kind of in the water with them holding on uh, to the raft. And we were sort of getting out to where um, I wasn't really able to touch unless I was underwater. So I was just kind of holding on to the raft. And I'm sort of kicking my legs around because that's what you do when you're swimming in in the water. I'm just sort of kicking my legs around. And I felt this excruciating sting uh, on my foot. And I'm like, what in the world? And I just sort of like, just sort of jolted and, and just like, Argh! and then my, one of my daughters, she saw me in pain and she's like, what happened, dad? And like, in, in her mind, she's thinking like shark or something like that, you know, and she, what happened, dad? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then she starts to, starts to tear up. Like, she's like scared now. She's like, I want to go in. I'm like, me too. And... <laughs> And so we come in out of the water, and I got I got stung. I got stung by a jellyfish, is what I got stung by it. And I'm like, I'm like, this is like it hurts. This is like this is painful. And and anything that's going through my mind of like how to make this feel better, I all I keep going back to is an old Friends episode. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I'm like, Katie, can, what do you think? And she's like, No way, you know. And and then we're like, and so, you know, it's just like, and then we start to see more people come in out of the water and they're getting stung by these jellyfish. And we actually see somebody has found an alternative solution uh, to the, to the first solution that came to my head, even though, and just so you know that that doesn't work. Okay. Uh, That's not what you're supposed to do. All right. Uh, I Googled it. So, um, so somebody else, they, they had Sprite. I don't know why they just had Sprite and they're pouring Sprite on all the people that are coming in the water that are getting stung uh, by these jellyfish. And we spent 
probably a couple days at the beach, and we didn't notice something that was important that was out on the beach after I got stung, and even my, my, a couple of my kids got stung. There was, a, there was a sign that looked like this, beware of jellyfish, right? Beware jellyfish. I mean, this wasn't the exact sign, but there was a sign that out there that said, you know, beware jellyfish. This is jellyfish season, and when they sting, it hurts. When they sting, anybody get stung by a jellyfish before? It hurts, doesn't it? Yep, and so, um, man, we, we just ignored the warning signs or didn't notice the warning signs as we were sort of preoccupied by trying to have and enjoy ourselves at the beach. This is oftentimes what happens. This is a similar situation to what happened to Jesus and his disciples when they're on a beach. And so before we get there, I just want to kind of set the scene a little bit on what's happening. And so we're going to pick it up in, in Mark chapter number eight. It, it, here's where we're going to be this morning in Mark chapter number eight. It says, and immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmatha. Dalmatha. And so he came to this region and, and he comes there and he's getting, he's now launched and he's landed in this, in this area. Now it's, what's interesting is, is that um, to this day, or, or excuse me, up to just a few years ago, um, they didn't know where this city was or where this region was. And so somewhere around 19. Uh, 86, um, they found a boat. They discovered a boat that was 2,000 years old. And here's, a, here's an image of it. All right. They found a boat that was about 2,000 years old. It was an old fishing boat. And they found it in that region. They found it in that area. And up about 2013, um, archaeologists have discovered the, the remains or ruins of that region, of that area. And, and so it's interesting how even in scripture written thousands of years ago, Mark writes down this region and, and people are like, where is that? People didn't know where that is. They knew it was somewhere around the Sea of Galilee, but then after... You know, and back in 1986, they found a boat that was a 2,000-year-old boat that was in that area, and they now are excavating the ruins of that of that region of that of that city there around the Sea of Galilee. It's absolutely fascinating. You can you can Google that yourself and research it. So this is where Jesus lands. He lands on the beach there. And it says this, it says the next verse in, in, in Mark 8, it says, and the Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, demanding from him a sign from heaven to test him. And so here's Jesus just lands in that region, you know, and now the Pharisees are coming and they're, they're like, we, we need to see a sign from heaven. We need to see a sign from heaven that you are who you claim to be. And they were testing him. They were like, man, if he says he's the son of God, if he says he's the savior of the world, then he should be able to provide a sign from heaven to show, show that. And so ultimately what they were asking for is they were asking for, him, for Jesus to do something that if he claims to be God, to do something that God did for their people thousands of years prior to that. 
And we know what that sign was is because on another occasion, John writes about what they were asking for. And here's what John writes in John 6. So they said to him, what then are you doing as a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? They were like, what sign are you going to do for us so that we can see and believe that you are God? What are you going to do? And then they go on to say this. It says, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. So this is what they wanted. They wanted to see bread or manna from heaven come down and provide them with some food. That's what they wanted. They were like, God did this before. Our fathers saw this. And, and we now want you to do this if you are who you say you are, Jesus. It goes on and says this. It says, so they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And the one who comes to me will not be hungry. And the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. And so Jesus, and this is ultimately what these Pharisees are asking Jesus to do. Give us a sign from heaven. What is that sign? You bring bread to us. You show us bread that, so that for our provisions, so that we can have some food, you know. And, and Jesus ultimately was saying to them, I am the bread of life. I'm the one who God sent to this earth. And those who come to me will never be hungry. Those who partake in me or believe in me will never, ever thirst again. Back to Mark 8. So this is what the Pharisees are asking. So this is Jesus' response to the Pharisees. Here's what he, sighing deeply in his spirit. How many of you have ever done that before? When it's, especially when it comes to your kids. Your kids say something and you're like, you don't get it, do you? Right? Yeah, you, you know, this is sort of what Jesus is doing. He's like sighing deeply in his spirit. He said, why does this generation demand a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And then he says that in leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. So on the beach, Jesus, they're asking Jesus for a sign on the beach. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the bread of life. You shouldn't need me to provide you with manna from heaven. I'm the bread of life. And when you come to me, you'll never be hungry again. When you believe in me, you'll never thirst again. He says, that's who I am. And so he was so frustrated. Why? Because they saw him do so many incredible things already. They saw him do so many amazing miracles already. And we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. But then he says, you know what? We're leaving here. So they get back into their boat, him and his disciples, and they get back in their boat and they're going now and they're embarking out now, embarking now on another side of the Sea of Galilee. Here's where we pick it up in the story from there. It says this, and the disciples had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf of bread, a, a loaf in the boat with them. So here they are, they've forgotten, now they're heading out and they're realizing, oh goodness, we forgot, 
Bread, right? We forgot bread. Now, this is like the moment when you feel like when you're leaving maybe to go, you know, on a vacation or on a trip for a few days, and you have that thought of, did I blow out that candle? Did I leave something still plugged in? You know that feeling that you have? Like, is the TV still on? Like, right? Like, we had, like, we had, we had that feeling before, right? And so, like, we literally, my, my family, we literally were gone for 10 days, and we came home, and our TV was still on. <laughs> that happened to us. That's, that, that's a real thing that happened to us. So we, like, you have, like, this is how they felt. They're now leaving the beach, heading out in the sea, and they forgot to take bread with them. And, and you have to understand how they're feeling. They're like, they're not going to get to the other side and go, oh, good, we're here. Now we can go and drive through McDonald's, right? Like the, coming by food is not an easy task for them always. And so bringing enough supplies is necessary. Bringing enough food is necessary for their provision. And they're in the boat and they're heading out into the sea and they realize we forgot to take bread and we don't even have more than one loaf of bread with us. Story goes on. And he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. He's going, guys, 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 what? listen, listen, watch out. Like, just like, beware of jellyfish. Watch out. Like, don't get, like, don't get preoccupied in what you're doing on the beach and all. Like, you got to be aware of what's happening and, you know, don't get stung by something that you could get stung by that could bring some, a lot of hurt and pain, you know, to your life. He's like, watch out. Beware, and then he starts to tell them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And you know what leaven is, right? Leaven is, is yeast, and you put a little bit, you know, into, into bread, and then it causes that bread to expand, or it causes that, that bread to rise, right? And he's saying, listen, a little bit, a little bit of leaven, a little bit of influence, a little bit of idea of, 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 of the Pharisees or a little bit of false teachings of the Pharisees, a little bit of false teachings of, of Herod. He says, man, that will infect, that will cause your whole life to go out of whack. He's like, you gotta beware, watch out. And so it goes on and look what it says. So he's saying, listen, watch out, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So then he, 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 he explains it this way. He explains it this way. So what is a, a, a Pharisee? A Pharisee was a religious person. He was a religious person. That they, they, were, they were, you know, they, they came off like they were all together on the outside, but on the inside they were far from God, right? So the, here's what he was warning them of. He was saying, guys, watch out. Watch out. Watch out because you can sometimes allow your reputation to proceed over your restoration. You can sometimes allow your concern of how people see you and you know, overtake or, or be, you know, be more, have more of a priority in your life over your restoration that needs to happen in your life or your transformation that needs to happen in our lives. He's like, guys, watch out. Beware. Don't get caught up that you, you know, make everything look like everything's fine on the outside, but really on the inside, it's, 
You're far from God. Or don't let religion over relationship. Don't let your religion be something that is more important than your relationship with Jesus. You see, Christianity is it's not a really meant to be a religion, even though it falls under that category. You see, Christianity is just about a term that's used to be a, as, as a follower of Jesus, that we're in relationship with Jesus. He says, so listen, we got to be careful that we don't get caught up in religion, external things that then just swallow up or take over our relationship that we have with Jesus. There's a big difference. Don't let your reputation, don't let your religion, don't let your self-righteousness over self-sacrifice. And oftentimes following Jesus, Jesus says, hey, you want to come after me? You got to deny yourself. Hey, you want to follow me? You got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross. That it's not about being self-righteous. It's just about saying, I've got to make some self-sacrifices in order for God to do a work inside me. In order for God to transform me from the inside out. This, this is what Jesus is trying to warn his guys. And this is what the scripture is trying to warn all of us. Hey, while we're preoccupied by so many things in this life, we need to beware that we're, we don't worry so much about our self-righteousness and less about our self-sacrifice. That we get caught up being too religious and not thinking about being in a relationship with Jesus. That we're not people that are worried about our reputation, that we're people that are just saying, I'm in a transformation process. And I'm allowing God to change me and to mold me into the person he wants me to be. And a little bit, just like yeast, just like leaven, a little bit will affect the whole lump. Watch out. Beware. He goes on and says this. He says, beware of the leaven of Herod. The leaven of Herod. In other words, Herod, it was a, the Herodians were a, uh, they were a political party is what they were. They were a political party that was, that was you know, they were in, in support of, 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 of you, know, uh, you know, Herod, the King Herod. And they, and they were, you know, a bunch of Hellenistic Jews that believed that Herod was the answer to all of their problems. That, that one person or one man was the solution to fixing all of their issues. And so Jesus is warning us. He's saying, hey. Beware of the leaven of Herod. In other words, don't gain the world but lose your soul. In other words, they were a worldly, they had a worldly mindset. They thought, man, if I just have more things in this world, if I could just, you know, attain more things or accomplish more things or, or you know, man can do more things, that, or people can do more things, that this is what is going to bring satisfaction or fulfillment in our life. He says, listen, don't gain the world but lose your soul. Don't choose what is personally beneficial, but compromise your integrity. Don't, don't put your trust in man, but put your trust in Jesus who, de who, who delivers on his promises. This is, this is what he's telling his disciples. Don't put your trust in people. Don't think that some sort of ideology or political position or some person in power is the solution to the problems. 
They're, they're the ones. Jesus is the only one that delivers on his promises. That if we get caught up in the idea of worldly ideology and worldly thinking, we're going to lose our soul in the process. If we think that these things in this world are the solution to our problems, ultimately what we're going to do is we're going to compromise our integrity. So Jesus is saying, guys, listen, listen. Beware. Watch out. Because you can get a little bit of religion and it's going to affect everything. Beware, watch out. You can get a little bit worldly and it's going to affect everything. You're going to start to believe that things in this world will bring about the solutions that you think will bring change. And there's nothing in this world that will bring change like Jesus can. He says, don't put your trust in man, Jesus is saying. Put your trust in me, Jesus would say. Because when you put your trust in me, you'll, you'll never hunger for anything. You'll never be hungry for anything. You'll never thirst again. So the story goes on. Jesus is giving them those warnings, right? He's telling them, guys, be, beware, be, be careful, watch out, watch out. So the story goes on in Mark 8. It says, they began to discuss with one another. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. So they're going, so Jesus is giving us, giving them the, this warning. And they're now still discussing or arguing with the fact that they have no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Like, why are you guys worried about not having any Bread, I'm just, I'm trying to tell you about, you know, being aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod and what that can do in your life. And you're still caught up in what you don't have. And here's what, here's what happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. We are preoccupied by what is missing. Isn't that, isn't that true of, of all of us? We are always preoccupied by what is missing in our life. And so here these guys are in the, in the boat with Jesus. They have no bread. And they're just thinking about not having any bread. They're only thinking about what they don't have instead of listening to what Jesus is warning them of. Instead of going, you know what? You, you, got, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. You don't want to, you know, think more about, you know, self-righteousness than your, than your own self-sacrifice. You need to be careful. You don't want to be too worldly because what, what, what will happen is you'll ultimately compromise your integrity. You don't want to put your trust in man because you need to put your trust in Jesus. He's the one that delivers on our promises. But oftentimes, we ignore those things that are most important because we're preoccupied with the things that, we, that are lacking or missing in our life. We think about the things that like I things that are missing, things that are lacking like I wish I just had a better relationships. I wish I had, you know, more of more money or more resources or more vacation time. I wish I had, you know, all we all we do oftentimes is think about and pre, are preoccupied by what is missing in our life. That's oftentimes what, is, what happens. And so when they were thinking about no bread, here's what they were. 
those things were. They were legitimate concerns. They were legitimate concerns. Now, we're not saying that we don't have legitimate concerns. We do. We, we get preoccupied by things that are legitimate. We get preoccupied by the things that are our, our relationships. Are we doing a good job with our kids? Are we raising them the way that we, you know, we're, we're supposed to raise them? Are we preparing them like we should be preparing them? Are we preparing ourselves financially for the future? All of these things are legitimate concerns. But here's what Jesus is warning us against. Don't get so preoccupied by the things that are, aren't as important as you becoming a hypocrite which is what the Pharisees were. And don't get so preoccupied in missing out on some things that are also important, like compromising your character. And oftentimes we get preoccupied by legitimate concerns. We get preoccupied by those things and we ultimately allow these little things like compromise and hypocrisy into our lives. And Jesus is going, guys, first of all, I love how it says Jesus was aware of this, right? Hey, listen, listen. Jesus is aware of your legitimate concerns. You hear me? He's aware you have legitimate concerns. You have legitimate worries. He knows. He knows. He knows what your concerns are. He knows what keeps you up at night. He knows where all your thoughts go. He's aware of your legitimate concerns. But he's still saying to you and to me, beware. Don't be a hypocrite. And don't compromise your relationship with me. Because you're preoccupied with things that aren't as important. That doesn't mean they're not important. But when we become hypocrites and we start compromising our integrity, the ramifications and the consequences are so much greater. Are you with me? Are you with me? So, all of us have legitimate concerns. And here's what Jesus' response to his guys are here's what he says. Having eyes, do you not see? Uh, having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Like, guys, guys, listen, listen. You guys have eyes. Do you not see what, what's happening? Like, you guys have ears. Do you not hear? Like, do you not remember? Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, when I broke five loaves for the 5,000. Remember this story? Right, 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 right. There was a bunch of people. They were hungry and, and the disciples were like wanting to send them away. And Jesus is like, hey, let's feed them. And the, and the disciples are going, we only have a few bread and a few fish. Like you want to feed all these people? This is crazy. This is nuts. And Jesus is like, just go and collect what you can. And they just go, they go and collect a little bit, right? And then Jesus tells the disciples to have everybody sit down, you know, in groups. And so Jesus just starts praying. He says a quick prayer and does, starts passing it out to the disciples. And the disciples, what, what happens, right? They start feeding all of these people. And Jesus is reminding them of what he did. He's reminding them, hey, remember, remember, remember when we, you know, there was like 5,000, we, we broke five loaves for 5,000, remember, remember that? 
And then he asked them this question. He says this, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, 12. So not only was what they had, what little they had, you know, they put it in Jesus' hands and Jesus sent it back out to them. Not only did it feed everybody that was there that day, 5,000 plus people, but there was leftovers. There was 12 baskets left over. And then Jesus says again, hey, when I, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets? Like there wasn't just like small baskets. You know, there was now large baskets full of broken pieces. Did you pick up? And they said to him, seven, seven. And he was saying to them, do you not yet understand? Like, do you not understand? Do you not understand that like, that like when, you, when you make Jesus important and a priority in your life and when you give what little you have to Jesus, that Jesus can do a lot with a little? That Jesus can just like, hey, hey, I, I, I get this is what I got. And Jesus is like, that's good enough for me. As a matter of fact, I can take that little and I can make it a lot and I can make it overflow on you. We're going to walk away, not just feeding everybody and everybody's going to be full because that's what I do, right? Anybody that is hungry, I give them something to eat and they leave full. Anybody that's thirsty, they will be quenched and they're going to walk away with leftovers for themselves in their life do we not understand what Jesus wants to do for every single one of us and here's what Jesus wanted them to know in, in light of what they were lacking in light of where they were preoccupied and what was missing here's what Jesus wanted them to understand here's what he wants us to understand your concern about no bread and you're in the boat with the bread of life. Like, come on. We're, we're in the boat with him. Like, we're worried about, we worry and concern, legitimate concerns about no bread, but we're with him. And you remember what he told the Pharisees on the beach? They're like, give us a sign, give us a sign, give us a sign. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm right here. I'm the bread of life. You come to me, you'll never hungry, be hungry. You come to me, you'll never thirst again. I'm more than enough for you. And when we're concerned about no bread, when we're preoccupied in the things in our life that concern us and we lose sleep over, Jesus wants us to understand you're in the boat with the bread of life. And he says, listen, remembering his faithfulness keeps your faith strong. Remembering what he's done. All of us, all of us could share a story or two of how God has just shown himself faithful to you. All of us could. You could look back at your life and, and, and see where God came through and where God showed himself to be real to you. And what has that done? What has that done for you? It, what did that do for you in that moment? It made your faith strong. 
And sometimes it's just about looking back at his faithfulness. It's looking back at his faithfulness, remembering his faithfulness, and that will keep your faith strong. Jesus wants us to understand that. And he's unforgettable, and he wants to be unforgettable to you. He wants to be, he is unforgettable. And he wants to do that for us. He wants to show himself to be faithful. He wants you to know that, yeah, even though you're in the boat and you're worried about no bread, he's going, hey, hey guys, listen, first of all, beware. Don't be, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Guys, beware. Don't compromise. Guys, beware. But listen, he said, listen, but I just, I just want to be unforgettable for you. So he gave, he reminded them of how he showed himself to be faithful. And for us, oftentimes the cure for when we get caught up and preoccupied in the things that don't matter as much, it's just remembering how faithful he's been and he'll continue to be. So when you're like me and I have these moments where I get preoccupied by things that aren't as important as like me being a hypocrite and as me compromising. I just want to remember that I'm in this boat of life with the bread of life. And he's always faithful. And he will continue to be faithful. And he is unforgettable, and he wants to be unforgettable for you, for you. All of us have a story that we could share. And in those moments, we don't have bread. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus is like, don't you remember? You remember when we didn't have a lot of bread and there was a lot of people? Not once, but twice. I handled it. I handled it. And that's what he wants to do for you and me. And he will be for you and me unforgettable. Unforgettable. Let's pray. God, um, The warning signs are, don't be, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be caught up in self-righteousness over self-sacrifice. The warning signs are, don't compromise our integrity and character with worldly things. Thinking that people or possessions are what get or bring satisfaction and fulfillment. It's none of those things do. But you do. You do. That when we come to you, we will never be hungry again. When we come to you, we'll never be thirsty. You satisfy. And so when we're in this boat of life and preoccupied by the worries and concerns, legitimate concerns, 
you always show yourself faithful. You've done it in our past. You'll do it in our present and in our future. We thank you for being a God who is unforgettable. And I, I just believe, God, that when we put our faith and our trust in you, that we will see you in a real way, in a, po- in a powerful way. And you will be unforgettable to each and every single one of us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.